You're listening to the training podcast from PursueGod.org, the official training channel for pastors, small group leaders, and disciple makers. Find more resources to help train your church at PursueGod.org slash training. Hey, as small group leaders today, we're going to be talking about dealing with your small group dominator. If you don't know what that is, we'll be explaining that, but you probably know. I'm sure that's why you clicked on this podcast. That's why you're listening to this training topic. Today, we're joined in the studio by Pastor Swanee and small group champion Averill once again. Have either of you guys experienced a small group dominator and how did it make you feel? I would say that I've absolutely experienced it. It they can be a little bit, they can be a lot to take in and it can definitely make you feel, it makes it tough to talk, tough to share. I know it makes it tough on hosts, um, but yeah, I've absolutely been there with them. Swanee, what's the problem? I mean, let's maybe create a list of, of uh, kind of the, a description of a small group dominator so that people know exactly what we're talking about here because it really is pretty frustrating. Yeah, a small group dominator is is someone that um, needs to give their input every single question. You know, there's someone who can often take the group, you know, down rabbit holes that you as a leader really have a hard time uh, recovering from. It's like it's like, you know, uh, you're. You're five minutes before group ends and you're like, okay, question one now <laughs> that that can happen. Um, uh, small group leaders who have a, a dominator in the group can often, you know, be in positions where it, it becomes tough to grow that group because the group can become a bit of a revolving door. Um, people come and go because, um, you know, it, it's it's a, a problem that, that if it's not dealt with, definitely um, will turn will t- turn people off from from staying in the group or showing up consistently, for sure. Um, those are just a few of the things that come to my mind. Yeah. So, what's the deal with these dominators? Are they like bad people? Are they not even Christians? Are they like <laughs> enemies of the church? That's that's or that's interesting. You say that. You know, I, <laughs> I think. Um, I've got something to kind of share with you guys, you know, in dramatic fashion, maybe. Uh, Uh-oh. But yeah. <laughs> um, so let me just start by saying, to set this up, Valerie and I, we just watched A Few Good Men the other night. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was thinking about this topic. And so uh, I'm going to set this up. You got to play along with me. And if you ever, ever, ever seen A Few Good Men, you might, you might kind of know where I'm going here. But, but I need to know, um, do you guys want to know the truth? Yes. <laughs> the truth is that the truth is you can't handle the truth. <laughs> you see, I've spent hundreds of hours on couches across from people who refuse to open their mouths. <laughs> well, I wanted to say that better. Three meters across from people who refuse <laughs> to open their mouths. So the truth is you want me on that couch. You need me on that couch. <laughs> Are you trying to? Oh wait, are you still going? Yeah, I got a little bit more. I got a little bit more. Okay, and, and so, <laughs> and so, I don't have the time nor the inclination to explain myself for breaking up a little awkward silence. 
or open my mouth to pray when the cat seems to have everyone's tongue because prayer changes lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I would just prefer you said thank you and try to put your small group on time for once. John Swan, are you a small group dominator? You're doggone right. I'm a small group dominator. <laughs> hey, Pastor, Pastor, no more movies for you before we record these podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I guess I, that all came to mind because I have been in some painfully introverted con, uh, small groups before. And and look, at introverts, we love you. I love you. But it's been uh, tricky at times. Uh, and I've had to learn because really it's it's my fault as a leader, not having the skill to learn how to maybe open up some people where I felt like, goodness, if I don't speak, who is going to speak? So let me tell another story to try to inspire mm. people to open their mouths. And, and I think it's common maybe for some leaders to be in positions where they become, they become an accidental small group dominator, mm. you know? So um, I just share all that and <laughs> again, dramatic fashion and just having a little fun to say that there are times and we can get into this in our conversation. I think there are times where a little bit of domination is necessary um, for example, when um, a, a group gets way off the reservation, um, maybe theologically, and, and as a leader, you feel like the need to kind of bring some, bring people back um, in, into the fold. Um, or there's times when you've got people in your group, you're not as a leader, but you're, you've got people in your group that are going through some very traumatic, trauma type experiences where maybe for a session, you allow some domination to happen. But, but as, again, it's nuanced as a leader, you really need to button that up maybe after a meeting or, or two at most before it becomes a problem, right? Where that's all you talk about every meeting for the next six meetings is this person's issue. Right. And so, yeah, I just, um, thinking through some of the, some of the different nuances to this as, as we prepared to speak about it today. Well, and I think the reason it's a problem you know, some small group leaders might be out there saying, hey, look, look, we're all nice. It's fine. It's okay to have a dominator in my small group because I love people. Or maybe I'm conflict averse. I don't want to have to maybe deal with it. Some of the some of the practical things we're going to list here in just a little bit. Some small group leaders just don't really appreciate conflict. And so they would rather just deal with the dominator in their group. But here's a problem. And it really goes along with one of our core values for our churches, we say that we give up things we love for things we love more. The The problem with the dominator in your group, and maybe you've already seen this, is if you let a dominator go unchecked, your group will most likely dwindle and fall apart. And it's just going to be you and the dominator because you might be okay with it because you're gracious, but it's going to probably drive the average person who attends your small group. It's going to drive them crazy. It's going to feel... It's kind of like what we say at church is we don't, we, we do everything we can to avoid the awkward moments, the cringe moments, those sorts of things. Not because we don't like people who can be awkward. It's because we, we give up things we love for things we love even more. We, even more than being nice to a small group dominator, we love having vibrant small groups that meet the needs of many people, not just that uh, feel good to a dominator. And so hopefully if you're a small group leader who has experienced this, you'll keep listening because it really is a problem that needs to be fixed. And the sooner, the better. 
And so let's get to some of those solutions. Uh, the first one, really, John, is set discussion ground rules. What do we mean by that discussion ground rule? Yeah, so I think um, this this is just speaking to the idea of as a leader, it's important to not just assume everyone's going to play nice and to uh, set up uh, ground rules early um, in, in the group's life in terms of kind of what the expectations are and not, not just sing, singling out potential dominators, but really, really explaining to everybody that, Hey, the goal here is for everyone to participate. Um, and that means if you're a dominator, you might need to um, zip it. And that means as someone who's challenged to speak up, um, you might need to get some courage and, and share and be vulnerable. Um, and so I think um, setting ground rules early and maybe, maybe often is, um, is something that can be overlooked by small group leaders at times. And then, and then um, when you try to do it later in a group's life, it's like, you know, it's tougher at that point. It's kind of like the teacher who it's better to be a strict, Brian, you used to be a math teacher, right? Isn't it better to be strict on the front end and then loosen up and then as opposed to being loose on the front end and then having mm -hmm. to be strict later on, right? Yeah. So Averill, is this something that you, you guys have done? I know you have a successful small group. Is there sort of a general understanding of the, of the ground rules for your small group? I don't know that we've ever like expressly stated ground rules, but I know that we, you know, we've made clear to everyone that, you know, we want everyone to participate. We want everyone to feel comfortable participating. Um, I try and do a lot for like our introverted friends. Cause I kind of live a little bit on that side of the fence. So I, I always try and do what I can to bring them out of their shells. If they do speak up, I always try and be very encouraging and very specific and like almost praising of that. Like, wow, Kelly, that was awesome of you to share. I really appreciate it. Like, I would love to know more about that in the future just to kind of help them out of their shells a little bit. Um, but as far as rules go, I don't know that, that we've ever sat down and had like an explicit conversation, which is a really great thing that, that could definitely be done. But like you said, the later you get in a, in a group's life, the harder it is. Um, fortunately we don't have any crazy dominators that we need to single out at this point, but, um, but yeah, just making sure that everyone feels comfortable, knows that, that we want them to share that we value their input and that, we're there for them as, as hosts and as, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ to be able to come alongside them and pray for them and do life with them. So John, this is the first, this is really your first tip. And I know that later we're going to talk about talking privately with the dominator, but are you saying that it's better to sort of set ground rules for the whole group first before you, before we get into that sort of one-on-one -on -one awkward conversation? Yeah, so I think it's important um, as a leader to have this conversation early rather than late, because if you go late with it, then it's obvious to everyone who you're talking about, and it becomes a bit of an awkward conversa conversation. Now, it might not be obvious to the small group dominator, because uh, oftentimes a small group dominator can lack some self-awareness. But nevertheless, you want to avoid that awkward moment for the entire group. So it just makes more sense to be intentional on the front end and, and have this conversation um, where it's it's more of a, a, a blanket conversation. It's benign um, and people understand in the group that, hey, this is this is a value as the group that everybody gets a chance to share. 
Okay, so let's say that the dominator hasn't picked up on the ground rules. And so now you need, now you're in the middle of a situation in a small, right, you're in the middle of a conversation, a topic that you're doing in your small group and the dominator won't shut his or her trap. What, what are you going to do now? How are you going to, because I know this is what gives some small group leaders sweaty palms right now. Like, what do I do in a situation like that? Do I call them out right in the middle of the group in front of everybody? I know personally, like in, in the group with my husband and I, we've like found ways to kind of like team up and navigate that situation. Um, so I've like, we had a, a dominator in a previous group where I would kind of let myself be taken off into a side conversation and Rich could mm. group on track. And then I would, you know, quiet it down as quickly as possible with the dominator and be like, oh, this is good. Let's talk more about this later and jump back in with the group. So they, they kind of get that outlet, but then we get pulled back together without totally derailing the whole entire group. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, Go Swan, ahead. Swan, I know that you love to use humor. Yeah. You, you love as clearly, clearly from this podcast, you like to use <laughs> humor. So how would you handle a situation like that? Maybe walk us through what you would do if you're leading a small group. Yeah. So I think I was just going to go there actually with humor. I think it really depends on how well you know the person, you know, um, <laughs> and getting a sense of can they take the humor? Are they going to take super offense to it? Is it going to make things more awkward? Um, and so... I, I think as a small group leader, look, as a small group leader, you have plenty of time to open your mouth, right? Because just by the nature of the role, you're leading the conversation. Like Averill said earlier, you may be you may be commenting with little little snippets of of encouragement around everyone else's comments. And and so you have an opportunity to kind of poke fun at yourself um, and say, hey, you know what? And I, I need to close my mouth. So in the, in the past, I've actually brought in, here's one, one thing I've done um, that was added a level of humor is I brought a roll of painter's tape to a small group meeting, you know, one of those nice thick ones then, and that wouldn't hurt my beard too much. And so then after I would answer, answer a question, I would put the painter's tape over my mouth and, and then, and then I would let everybody talk. Now I had the role with me and I, and I made sure everyone knew beforehand, Hey, you got, you make, you want to make sure that you don't end up like me with this painter's tape over your mouth tonight. And so that, that's one way that, that worked pretty well. And, and, um, people got it, you know, and it was fun. So April, you got any other ideas? Um, I don't know. I've always liked like trying to directly talk to specific people like, if there's a question that you can kind of go around the group and let everyone answer. Um, but yeah, as far as humor goes, like self-deprecating is always kind of an easy way to an easy gate into humor. Um, but yeah, like saying things like, all right, like maybe let's give someone else a turn, Karen or whoever yeah. the person may be um, giving them a, a little like fun, loving jab like that. But still letting everyone else in the group have a chance. Right. It's all in the tone that you say it. And, and you, you, you know, something along those same lines, Averill is, uh, you know, I think, I think Brian's used up his allotment of words tonight. Uh, let's move <laughs> on to uh, see here and hear what, what, you know, Sarah has to say or whatever. 
So, yeah. Here, let's, let's talk through some other really practical tricks to help with this. Some of this is, but was really helpful for me as I, again, as I get sweaty palms thinking about a small group dominator, cause I actually don't like conflict either. So I'm the, I'm one of those guys that might just let it go. And then my small group would dwindle to nothing. So, so there, here's some practical tips small groups might use. One of them is call on specific people. Right. Don't just ask ask a general question, even though in a lot of small groups, that's the best way to do it. But if you've got a dominator, you might need to try this trick is to put the question out there and call on somebody and let them answer it and just make sure not to call on the dominator. Another practical thing would be and I've, I've done this and it's worked. Make sure you sit right next to it, the dominator, like to your right or left so that they can't. They can't make eye contact with you um, be, because that that type of body language will will kind of trigger a, a dominator to to just take off with with, you know, all their thoughts uh, when, when you're when they when you, you know, your eyes, your eyes lock uh, when they sit across from you. Yeah. Yeah. If you want proof of that is pay attention when you ask a question or see who wants to close in prayer pay attention. Nobody will look at you because they know that if they look at you, you might call on them. So that's, that's John, that's a good example of sit next to them so that you can't look at them. And it's actually going to tie in with the conversation you might have to have with them, which we'll get to in a second. But if you forget to sit next to them and they're sitting across from you, don't look at them. When you ask a question, avoid, even though maybe there's something deep down inside of you where you want to look at them because you know that they'll talk and get rid of that, the awkward silence. Don't look at them. Be comfortable with some silence. And I think that's part of the thing, right, is small group leaders have to understand silence isn't a bad thing. Maybe that needs to be one of the ground rules is, hey, we're going to ask a question and let's be comfortable with silence. Don't feel like don't feel like you need to jump in and answer. And so, small group leaders need to be the first ones who are comfortable with silence. For sure, and I I would say that's a pitfall I fell into years ago, leading a small group where I, I kind of back to the idea of having maybe a few more introverts in this group. I was so excited for this particular person to open their mouths and share early on that I kind of encourage them into being a dominator. You built your own dominator. And then I was in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in some groups that get really big. Um, if you start to have a small group that's getting really big, there's a couple other things to talk about there with, you know, reproducing your small group. But in the meantime, um, you can kind of break into smaller groups within your small group and put your dominator with with your strongest folks who don't mind speaking up alongside them or speaking up over them if need be, and then give those quieter, a little more introverted people a smaller, maybe safer feeling place to them to open up, especially if it's like a a very deep or personal topic. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So guys, let's say that a small group leaders tried all these tricks and at the end of the day, they just can't avoid it. They're going to have a private conversation with the dominator. Let's finish by giving some tips on having that conversation. 
I mean, there's actually a good book out there called Crucial Conversations about this very thing, not with small groups, but just in general, having hard conversations, but, but that are very important still. And the, some of these tips go along, go right along with what the author writes in that book. So number one, and help us talk about this, help us unpack this. When you talk to them, give them the benefit of the doubt. And what do we mean by that? What, John, how would you give someone the benefit of the doubt? What are we saying to them? Oh yeah, absolutely. You're, you're not coming at them with a, a, a judgmental spirit, you know, you're coming at them extending grace and, Hey, I, I really appreciate what you have to share in group, but you, you've probably noticed that so-and-so and so-and-so they're, they're not getting to share as much. And, and we just want to be careful that, um, you know, everyone in the group is, is allowed to share and, and, and finds value in our group. So, you know, would, would you mind maybe even helping me to um, get these other members of our group uh, participating? And I've, I've actually used that, like I've actually had that very conversation with someone and they received, they received it well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Bringing them in as like a helper, like it's like what they have to say is valuable, but their help in changing the, what they're doing is also valuable. I, I had a conversation just like that years ago with a dominator, great guy, very clueless, um, wasn't aware. And again, a lot of times this is what'll be, this'll be the case is the dominator doesn't even realize it. And so it is hard when you're having, when you're making someone self-aware about something, because sometimes that self-awareness then goes too far and now they're, now they clam up and don't share at all. So I, that's exactly what I said. I said, Hey, I, I appreciate, I know where you're coming from is you don't like silence. You're, you're trying to help, but it's actually not helping. And so here's how I, here's how you can help. I'm, I, there are going to be a couple of times where I'm going to need you to bail us out and go ahead and talk. And so we had a signal for that. I said, why don't you sit next to me and I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of tap you on the knee or whatever. I'll just give you a tap, a little el elbow nudge, or I'll call, I'll call on you specifically. But if I don't do that, don't share. Like I want to make sure that we're, we're comfortable with the silence. I want to make sure that we're give, we're pushing other people to grow and we're not the only ones doing all the talking. And it was really helpful. He, he received it and uh, moved out of the state a month later. <laughs> but he, he didn't, he stuck around for a while. He stuck, he kept coming. Now, to this goes in the, in the take one, takes one to no one category. And um, so Brian, you've noticed in, in our meetings, I always have what with me. You've got your, your binder, you've got your notepad, yeah. you've got a paper. I'm not, I mean, I don't even, I hardly even remember what paper looks like until you walk into the room. So I always keep a notepad with me. And this is, this is because I, I realize I do have some self-awareness about my dominating tendencies. And so I'm a verbal processor, an audible processor. And so I've found that I don't, uh, um, I don't have to open my mouth if I write things down. And so part of the reason I, I always have a notepad with me is so that I can, I can write down what I'm thinking. 
um, as opposed to just blurting, blurting it out. Um, so that helps. Um, and so we actually had a small group. Now this works both ways. We had a small group, uh, Valerie and I, some years ago where we actually handed out notebooks early on and it worked both ways. It was like, okay, so if you've got something important to say that can wait, write it down. But also for those that, that are having a harder time articulating what they want to say, you know, write it down, write it down. And then, and then when it's time to talk, you know, you can, you can reference your notes. So, and it was kind of like a little journal thing we, we tried. So that was one effort That's one, good. or one option. Avril, you have some good advice also about developing a personal relationship with your dominator. And I think that's really helpful for small group leaders to be aware of because a lot of times a dominator, the, the reason they dominate is because they're starving for relationships. They're starving for attention. They're starving for connection. And that's the way they're trying to get it. So talk a little bit about how to be personal with a small group dominator. Yeah, I think I probably feel that way having been a a young stay at home mother for a length of time and not getting to talk to adults for days at a time. Sometimes that then going into a group of adults, I would find myself being the one who was like yammering on and on and on because I had so many adult things to say and it was great to have the opportunity. Um, and you know, maybe that's the case for some of the women in your group or maybe other, you know, there could be other situations where they just don't have an opportunity to share about their faith. Um, so, you know, working those conversations in, if you have time to, you know, talk to them, identify that, and then, you know, go out to coffee with those people or have them over for dinner, text them, whatever you can do in the week to give them an opportunity to, to get some of that out before it all winds up dominating your small group. Yeah. Or it's an opportunity for you as a small group leader to connect them to someone else to do those things. You know, as a small group leader, you don't have to be the fix all for every, you don't have to have the great one-on-one personal relationship with every single person, one of your jobs, and we talk about this in our other topics, one of your jobs is really to make handoffs. So maybe be prayerful about reaching out to someone else in the group and saying, hey, would would you meet with this person? Would you, I feel like this person needs some attention. I feel like they need some, a friendship. I feel like they need someone to take them to coffee and help them get their words out. <laughs> Maybe if you do that, they won't feel such a need in our small group. So look for another person in your small group who who would be a good, you know, man or woman to disciple that other that small group dominator and really essentially you're killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, I was going to piggyback off that. I think when you have a dominator um it's at, it's as if that person is shooting up a flare saying help I need need, I need to mentor. I need to be discipled. And so, um, getting to this kind of this last straw place, Valerie and I in the past have, um, invited, uh, some people to, to lunch after church, um, and, uh, essentially had a conversation with them and ended up in a marriage mentoring, um, relationship with, with a couple, um, that, that was dominating a lot of our time in, in small group. And that definitely made a difference. And, Yeah, so look look at your dominator with some empathy and really just like you do for all of your small group members really try to help that person advance and develop in their pursuit of God and part of that means how they interact with other people. 
you might end up giving them a gift that nobody else really just ever took the time to give them. Speaking the truth and love to somebody is a great gift. And chances are, now this isn't always true, but chances are that small group dominator has never had anybody care about them enough to correct them, to gently correct them, or to or to have these kinds of conversations with them. So look at it as an opportunity, not just as this major problem that's going to destroy your small group. And one other thing, Avril, maybe you can speak to this. It, you know, is every dominator going to be dominant every night? Yeah, I mean, probably not. Maybe, you know, maybe my husband's out of town this month and I have a lot to say. And so, you know, this week mm. and next week, I'm going to be super chatty. And maybe sometimes even those dominant people are going to have quiet nights, something's going on. Um, but just to remember that if it's a, a consistent pattern of, that one person every week making it tough for, you know, your other couple people that really want to share but can't get a word in edgewise. But just watching for those patterns in people and being aware that that not every night is the same, but many of the same nights can tell you a lot of things. Yeah, that's good. So bottom line, don't let one dominator or two or three derail your group and everyone else's pursuit of God. Make sure to have the courage and the skill to deal with the dominator. If you give some leadership that your dominator really can move from a liability to an asset for your small group. Now, if you want to talk about this one with a small group, maybe you're going through this series uh, with some other small group leaders. You can, just like all of other topics, you can find discussion questions and more at the training page at pursuegod.org. And make sure to join us because in this series, we're going to continue to talk about small group challenges because small group leaders face a lot of challenges and we've got some great tips as we continue to share about it. So keep tuning into the podcast and find all these resources at pursuegod.org forward slash training. Hey listeners, this is Brian Dwyer reminding you to rate this show on your favorite podcast app. That really does help us when you do that. That way more people can discover this podcast and start listening. And also don't forget to share the podcast with a friend.